Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Akinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Today we're going to continue with our series, A Deeper Walk with the Holy Spirit. All of us know, I mean, you're a Christian, obviously you have the Holy Spirit in you and all of that. But what we're talking about here is a deeper work with the Holy Spirit. We're reintroducing the person of the Holy Spirit to us. We've started this. This is part four today. We're reintroducing the person of the Holy Spirit. We've spoken about the nature of the Holy Spirit. We've spoken about the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit, which is to glorify Jesus. And today we're going to speak a little bit about, specifically about the Holy Spirit and our destiny. The Holy Spirit and our destiny. The role the Holy Spirit plays in our destiny. Remember, the mandate of this house is to empower you to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. So, we're going to be talking about how the Holy Spirit plays a role in that. Okay? The Holy Spirit and destiny. What is the role of the Holy Spirit when it comes to our destiny? We want to look at this a little bit today. Now, you remember we've spoken about the fact that, and it's important we keep on reminding ourselves, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's God. All right? But today, what I want us to look at today, the main text today, for today's teaching is Acts chapter 13 verse 1 to 7. Acts of Apostles chapter number 13 and verse 1 to 7. So we're going to take a quick dive into that. All right. So this is what it says. Acts 13 verse 1 to 7. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manem, keep going, please. Verse 2, it says, And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. All right? Now, verse 3 says, Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Keep going, please, verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, okay, they went down to Seleucia, all right, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Verse 5. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. They also had John, as their assistant. Verse 6, now when they arrived, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew by the name of Bar-Esus. Verse 7, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We magnify your name forever and evermore. Your word is forever settled in heaven. Father, by your Holy Spirit, let this word be settled in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Holy Spirit and destiny. Quick, let's review this. What is destiny? Now, for most of us that are here, in every culture in the world, there is a definition of destiny. In every culture in the world, there is a definition of destiny. For a moment, please, I want us to move away from the cultural definition of destiny and look at the scriptural definition of destiny. Let's try and define it. Let's try and you know, understand destiny from scripture. Okay? So we're going to look at three quick things. The first thing is this. Destiny is a concluded plan in the mind of God that existed before you were born. This is not a plan that is in motion. It's not fluid. It's not in motion. It is already concluded. When was it concluded? Before you were born. Before I was born. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Let's take a quick look at it. Now, the first book I ever wrote in my life, I wrote it based on this verse. That was 2003. Okay? And this is what it says. Before, before, before I formed you in the womb. God is speaking now. He says, I knew you. Now, now, this scripture is so loaded that I'm going to be very careful not to go because I wrote a whole book on this verse to not to go too much into it. Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I separated you. Sanctified there is talking about separated you, consecrated you, separated you for a purpose. You are not like every person. You are not like everybody. You are not ordinary. There is something unique about you. Somebody say I'm unique. Oh my goodness. Somebody say I'm unique. Oh, say it until you believe it. I'm unique. Because you are unique. He said, before you were born, I already separated you from the masses. You're not the common man. He says, you were separated. Then I like the next word. He said, I, God Almighty is speaking. He said, I ordained you. Now, specifically for Jeremiah, he was ordained to be a prophet to the nations. But listen to this. What I really want to speak about here, focus on a little bit, is the word ordained. The word ordained here is also the word appoint or appointed, you know, because it's past tense, right? Ordained. He's saying, I appointed you now. This is part of the implication of this verse. Listen very carefully to me. God is saying, before you were born, you have an appointment letter. Please, you have to pay attention. Please, listen very carefully. Before you were born, God said, listen to what God is saying. God is saying, before you have this body, before this body was formed in your mother's womb, you actually were holding an appointment letter. It is based on that appointment letter that determined the details of how the body will be formed. So you have an appointment letter from God. Listen very carefully to me. You are not looking for a job. What God, the position that will give expression, where you can give expression to your destiny is looking for you, not you looking for it. Yeah. 
because you have an appointment letter from God. And listen to me. If God appoints you, life cannot disappoint you. If God appoints you, life cannot disappoint you. Oh, somebody touched us and said, I will not be disappointed. My God, I wish you were saying that. I will not be disappointed. I know it. I will not be disappointed because God has appointed me. He will not disappoint me. He has appointed me. Life cannot disappoint me. I'm not one of those that life will disappoint. I'm not one of those that circumstances will disappoint. I'm not one of those that situation will disappoint because I have an appointment letter from Almighty God. Do you have an appointment letter from God? Listen, this is not, it's not man that appointed you. It's not a system that appointed you. God says, I gave you an appointment letter. You are appointed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Destiny is a concluded plan in the mind of God before I was born. What I would do here on earth existed before I was born. As a matter of fact, the very fact that I was born is a proof of my relevance. The fact that you were born is a proof of your relevance. Let nobody tell you you are not relevant in life. The very fact that you were born means that there's something you are supposed to do on this earth. You are very relevant and you were born in this season, you were born in this generation, you were born in this hour, you were born at this time for such a season, for such a purpose. You have a purpose you are here to achieve. Somebody said I will not be disappointed. Destiny. Now, Colossians chapter. 1 verse 12, 13, and 14. Please follow me. If I don't finish what I'm teaching today because of time, you know, that's fine. Giving thanks to the Father. We're giving thanks to the Father. Why? Why are we giving thanks to the Father? Because he has what? Note that there's an emphasis there to show you that this pastors. He has qualified us. But qualified us to be what now? Partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, let's stop them. Let's take these words that are emphasized. Let's take them one by one. We're giving thanks to God the Father, not so that He can qualify us. Note that we are not praying to God the Father to qualify us. What are we doing? Giving thanks. No, just don't don't think about your, your think it through just look at the scripture and answer the simple question. What are we doing? We're giving thanks. We're not making a request to God the Father to qualify us. We're giving thanks. Now then, that begs the question. What does Paul mean when he was writing to the Colossian church and he says qualified? So listen carefully. Qualified in that verse means Number one, to make fit. He's saying that God the Father, as far as God Almighty is concerned, you are fit for your purpose. You are fit for your purpose. If God says you are fit for your purpose and somebody else is telling you that you are not fit for your purpose, then they are wrong. Let every man, let God be true and every man be a liar. God's the word qualified there. And notice it's past tense. It's God is saying you are fit for your purpose. That's the first thing the word qualified means. The second thing the word qualified there means is adequate. God is saying you are adequate for your purpose. This, I love it so much. That means the sense of feeling inadequate 
about what you want to do. Some of you have ideas in your mind and you're feeling inadequate. You're saying, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if you can, I can do that. I don't know if, what do you mean you don't know? The father has qualified. That means as far as God is concerned, everything you will need, he has made you adequate for it. When the child is born, just like we dedicated these wonderful children that we dedicated here today, when a baby girl, a baby girl is born, all the eggs she will need to give birth to her own children is already in her. They will just need to mature. The eggs, they are already in her. Hallelujah. She doesn't go to the, follow her mom to the grocery store when she grows maybe to age three, four, and see a place there. You know, a set, section there where they say eggs and says, Mom, I might need some eggs. No. What? <laughs> what she needs is already in her. Somebody say, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. You see, some of you need to look at this verse of scripture, giving God thanks and saying it until it sinks deep into you because some of you keep feeling that you are not qualified. And some of you feel that life and circumstances have disqualified you. I'm qualified. Somebody say, I'm qualified. You have to, you see, the Bible says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. You must be able to boldly say, boldly speak based on what he has said. When you boldly speak without, not based on what he has said, that's what is pride. But when you boldly speak based on what he has said, that is not pride. That's what is called confession. In other words, you are agreeing with the conclusion that heaven has made. Can somebody say with me, I'm qualified? I'm qualified. Oh, say it again, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. That's right, you are qualified. Don't let anybody disqualify you. You are qualified. You are qualified. The second word there is, he has delivered us. He has rescued us. He has rescued us already from the power of darkness, from the authority, the jurisdiction of darkness, the area of operation of darkness, the limit of operation of the kingdom of darkness. You have been delivered from that. You have been rescued from the area, the jurisdiction of kingdom of darkness. You have been rescued from that. Then number three then, the third word there, thank you Lord. He has conveyed us. He has transported us. He has transported us. He has taken us away from that jurisdiction where kingdom of darkness can have a legal right over us. He has now translated us to the kingdom of the son of his love. So Satan is too late for you. I used to be under your jurisdiction. I'm no longer under your jurisdiction. In time past, before I got born again, you had a say over my destiny. Right now, I'm no longer in your kingdom. Legally, you don't have a say over my destiny now. I know you don't like to obey the law, so you might not want to hear. That is why I have the power of the Holy Spirit to resist you to move back. Are you hearing what I'm saying somebody now? Yeah. Yeah. You're qualified. You're delivered. You're translated. Satan does not have any legal power over your destiny anymore. Friends, listen to me very carefully. Your life is not in the hand of the... Satan is not in the hand of anybody. Your times are in his hand. Psalm 31 verse 15. In the hand of God and in your own hands also. You have the power to resist the enemy. So when Satan wants to bring something in your life that is contrary to what you know is the concluded plan in the mind of God, you resist him. You tell him, Satan, this is not part of the plan. Oh my God. Satan, this is not part of the plan. You tell him, he wants to bring poverty to you. You tell him, Satan, I've been delivered from you. You understand? This is not part of the plan. So, oh, but you've been in your family for a long time. Yes, 
they might not have known, but now I know. The Bible says, if you continue in my word, then shall you be my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall actually it is make you free. Don't just be set free, be made free, so that you are free forever. There are nations in the world today that got their independence, and they are not independent. So don't be set free. They were set free on October 1st, just like any other date. I said nations in the world. I'm not talking about the particular nation. But they're still not free. You are not being set free. You are being made free. You are the personification of freedom. You're free. You're free. So you can tell Satan, no, don't touch that. That's not, that's not me. That doesn't look like me. That's not who I am. Satan, you have no say over my destiny. That's why I love Psalm 37 verse 37. The Living Bible Translation. Can anybody remind me what to say? Just summarize it. What does it say? Come on, remind me. What does it say? What does it say? Open your mouth. Say it. What does it say? I have a wonderful future. Let's, let's read the whole thing for one minute. Let's look at what it says. It says, but the good man, the good man, what a what? You see, you have been separated from the normal story. You have been separated from the normal story. So when you go to a place and they tell you 15% unemployment rate, tell them what a different story. My story is different. My story is different. My story is different. When the doctor says something, they say, well, only 5% of people survive. They tell them, my story, my story is different. They say, oh, there's no precedence for this. Tell them, my story is different. My story is different. What a different story. But the good man, the blameless man, but the say, well, well, I'm not blameless. You are. You are. As far as heaven is concerned, you are blameless. For you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The upright man, the man of shalom, the man of peace, he has a wonderful future ahead of him. And for him, there is a oh, come on, say that with me. I have a wonderful future. Come on now. And a happy Say it again. I have a wonderful future with a happy. One last time, I have a wonderful future with a happy. I hope you listen to yourself what you were saying. You're not saying you are going to have. You're saying what? You have it. You have it. You have it. You have it. That means that anything contrary to a wonderful future with a happy ending is Satan that wants to bring it. And you have been delivered from his jurisdiction. So you have the authority of Christ now. He says to you, resist the devil. He says he will run away in terror. Satan, you are a liar. I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. You can't bring anything contrary to that. I already know what I have. So I resist you in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you have a wonderful future with a happy ending, not that you're thinking about it, but you know you have it, open your mouth, give him a shout of praise. Have a wonderful future with a happy ending. Satan, I don't care about you and any of your agents, witches, wizards, occultic people. I couldn't care less how many of you. The Bible says I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. And this is settled in heaven. Friends, you have a wonderful future. And Psalm 118 verse 15 says, only the voice of rejoicing, the voice of celebration, shall be heard in the tabernacle of the righteous. Nobody will ever hear sorrow in your house again. 
Nobody will ever see you weep for sorrow again. Nobody will ever see you cry for sorrow again. Nobody will ever hear the cry of sorrow in your house again. Nobody will ever hear you cry the cry of sorrow in your house again. From this day, only celebration is permitted in your house. If you receive that, say a big amen to that. You have to believe this. You have to believe this. Only the voice of rejoicing. Tarot challenges some of us have, some of you might have there. You've watched too many Nollywood movies. You've watched too many of these cultural settings. And I'm not saying that those things don't happen. I'm not saying I'm not, I mean, I, 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 I grew up in the country in which my wife was born. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that those things don't happen. But what I'm saying to you is that believe scripture, don't believe culture. Culture is not settled in heaven. Scripture is settled in heaven. Please don't nullify the word of God because of your tradition. Those things happen, but remember, you have a different story. You have a different story. This morning, in my devotion this morning, I was, my devotion this morning was Exodus, chapter 10, 11, 12. As I was studying it, earlier hours of this morning, I saw again how Pharaoh called Moses in a hurry and said, go, 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 as you have said. Go, as you have said. Exodus chapter 12, verse 31. Go, as you have said. Put it on the screen, please. And he called for Moses and Aaron. By night, he couldn't even wait till tomorrow morning. By night, and said to them, what did he say? Rise, go out from among my people, both you, children of Israel. Go, go, go. Keep going. Serve the Lord. Come on now. So what you are saying is very important, as you have said. I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. All the forces of darkness that I want to say they have something contrary to that is the, the liars. This night, whatever was holding you down before, this night, the power is broken in Jesus' mighty name. Anything that has held anybody in your family, today I stand on the authority of the word of God. The power of what is holding you is broken in Jesus' name. He says, go, as we have said. All the occultic people in Egypt could not hold them down. All the sorcerers that were throwing down the rods that became snake, all of those people, the magicians, astrologers, every power. God Almighty himself said, I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, even heaven, God Almighty. Recognize that there were demonic forces that were operating in Egypt, very deep ones. They could not hold Moses down. Do you know that nothing can hold you down that can stop you from fulfilling your destiny? Don't pay too much attention to the enemy. He likes attention. Pay a lot of attention to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Now, the third definition of destiny I have is what I... I oh, this is the second one. Okay. Let's look at the second one. Destiny is a finished work or assignment you are created to fulfill that needs to be activated by your faith. Please pay attention to this particular definition. It is particularly attention to the word that is highlighted. It is finished. So what is it finished? finished. It is a finished work. Finished work. Finished work. 
or assignment, but finished, that you were created to fulfill, but it will take faith. You will need faith to activate that. Now, this is taken from the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3, and I'm going to explain something to you there. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3, this is what it says. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Although, although the works, the works, now the word works there is the same thing Jesus said when he said, I must, I must finish the works of him who sent me while it is day. It's the same thing when Jesus came in John 17 verse 4 and Jesus said, I have finished the work you gave me to do. Exact same word. Works. So here he's saying works and it's plural because there are dimensions to your destiny. There are dimensions to your destiny. He said the works thank you Lord. The works were finished. Now please, just based on this scripture, when were the works finished? Please, one more time. I'm not insulting your intelligence. I know you, I'm sure you know that. I've said that several times. We're doing this to meditate on scripture. When, was, when were the works finished, please? Before the foundation of the world. That means it predated any opposition you are now facing. The works were finished. Finished. Predated any opposition you are now facing. Now, let's take a quick look, a little bit more. Pay more attention to the, word, to the word finished. Because when you see the word finished there, I want to just tell you two other things it means, which might not be very obvious. The word finished there, pay attention, please. The first thing it means is it has happened. That's the first thing it means. Not it's happening, but what? It has happened, or it happened. It happened. So, let me give you the example. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. I don't have it on my slides, but put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. It says, look at what it says. Now, it happened. This word here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 10, happened, is the exact same word translated finished here. Now, it happened, past tense, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him. All right, so Jesus was sitting down here now with tax collectors and sinners. Let me ask you this quick question. Tax collectors and sinners sitting with Jesus, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Why is it not going to happen? Remember, we're meditating now. Why is it not going to happen? Because it has happened. Now, imagine some people gathering now, gathering together and saying, tax collectors, sinners, we will not allow them to see Jesus physically. No matter what they do, we will try and stop them from meeting with Jesus. Well, they're wasting their time. Why are they wasting their time? Because, because it has happened. So every gathering of the force of darkness that say you will not reach your goal, you will not fulfill your destiny, they're wasting their time because it has happened. It has happened. 
Somebody said, well, Pastor, I, I don't know, I'm just trusting God for, you know, for marriage. I just want to get married and all of that. It's part of your destiny. Please understand, it has happened. It has happened. It has happened. It has happened. It's part of your destiny. It has happened. It has happened. That's the first thing I want to show you that it means. The second thing I want to show you that the word finished means, it also means it has been done. It also means it has been what? Done. Also, not on my slide, but look at Matthew 11, verse 20. Matthew 11, verse 20. Put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 11 and the 20th verse. The Bible says, Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done. Mighty works had been done. So, these cities, mighty works were done. So that word translated done there is the exact same word here, finished. So in other words, what he's saying is this. Listen carefully. Everything pertaining to your destiny, as far as heaven is concerned, they are mighty works and they have been done. They have been These need to sink very deep into you. They have been done. So when you're facing Opposition on earth. The opposition on earth is just trying to check whether you know, you know, or you don't know. That's what the opposition is just trying to check. You face an opposition that's telling you, oh, we're sorry, this cannot happen. And here you are, you say to yourself, I don't even know why I'm going through all of this. Then you back off because you don't know it has been done. But when you know it has been done, there's a way, confidence you have when you approach the situation. And you say to the situation, no, it has been done. I'm not here telling you it will be done. This also gives you tremendous confidence when you approach the tone of grace in the place of prayer. You know, because one of the challenges people have is that they're just not sure if God will do what God said he will do. A particular problem many Christians have. They feel Satan is very faithful. Many Christians believe in the faithfulness of Satan a lot. More than they believe in the faith. They feel this God. Sometimes, you know, he does this. Sometimes he doesn't do. We don't know. And he says the secret things belong to the other God. He doesn't give explanation. He's not accountable to anybody. He doesn't give feedback. <laughs> There's no feedback session with God. So he doesn't tell us. You know, secret things belong to the Lord our God. The ways of God are mysterious. We don't know, so it's not faithful. But Satan, very faithful. If he says he will do it, he will do it. <laughs> That's what people think. But you have to please begin to understand God because it is those that know their God that will be strong and do exploit. You have to know faithfulness is the character of God. He can't do anything but be faithful. The Bible says even when you deny him, he remains faithful. That's how faithful God is. Very faithful. Very faithful. God, when I approach God concerning the issue, I'm thanking him because I know it is done. Someone said, well, if it is done, why am I not seeing it now? Very good question. It is done. The Bible says it is done in Christ in the heavenly places. But I don't need it there. I need it here. Now, to get it from the heavenly places to the earthly places for human use and human enjoyment, then what I will need to do is to apply faith. 
So it's just an issue of faith. It's an issue of faith. Somebody says it's an issue of faith. Oh, yes, it's an issue of faith. It is with this same faith that we resist the enemy. It is with this same faith that we quench every fiery dart of the devil. I will tell Satan, Satan, shut up! You are too small to be part of my destiny. My destiny is above your pay grade. My destiny is far above your pay grade. Even archangels didn't have a say in my destiny. It's way above your pay grade. Only the council of the Trinity in eternity decided my destiny. It is above your pay grade. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this? Thank you, Lord. Satan does not work in the HR department of heaven to determine what is going to happen to you. Remember Colossians 1 13, you are no longer in his jurisdiction. Believe that and resist him. So the work is finished. Where you are going to live is finished. The husband they're going to marry, finished. Yes. See, look, at, look at the example of a, a, a young, the young lady, called PTA. Look at that example. While she was in the university, as at that time, about 20, something thousand students in that university. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Going to the sports center and pray. Pray. Oh, God, my future. Oh, God, my future. And God said, your future is in the pharmacy faculty just down the road. <laughs> Finished. Now, somebody might have seen me at that time and said, you look anything but finished. You, that means you didn't, see, you didn't put on the right glasses. You were looking from human perspective. As far as heaven was concerned, the works were finished. Was done. Was done. Was done. Finished. It interests you that when I was in when I was in Bobby College, I was in my a school in Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria, called it's called Bobby College. No, at that time, one of a very very good school. I don't know what's going on with it now, but at that time. Anyway, when I was doing my um, what you call A levels in the British system, PTA also came to that school. She still did not see me. That's why you should be praying that your eyes of understanding. <laughs> should be enlightened. And I'm praying for somebody here. May your eyes of understanding be enlightened. But the works were finished. Works were finished. It's been finished where you will live, the country you will live in. Listen to me very carefully. I say this very boldly. There is no human on earth, no institution on earth, no government on earth can veto your destiny. If God Almighty in the Council of Eternity before the foundation of the world had said, this is the country you will live in, what now happened 200 years ago, 150 years ago, can now not decide the creation of a country, can now not decide and say you are outside of the borders of that country, when it was decided before the country had borders. Yeah. It was decided. Someone said, well, my issue, pastor, is just that, you know, I went to the hospital and they told me, I just don't ovulate, I don't have any eggs. Well, listen to me very carefully. The ovary you are carrying, listen to my choice of words, the ovaries you are carrying in your body, the ovaries you are carrying in your body. Someone said, why are you using, why are you emphasizing that? 
Because Paul said, after I preach to all, I don't want to be disqualified, I discipline my body. Ideally, if you're going to speak this grammatically, you say, I discipline myself. Is that what you're supposed to say? But Paul was trying to emphasize something there by the Holy Spirit, that I and my body are not the same. Because I'm a spirit being that happened to live in a body. The blessing of God and the redemption is on me as a spirit being. My body is the accompanying instrument to live on earth. So the accompanying instrument to live on earth cannot determine the destiny of me, the spirit being. God has already said, be fruitful. So my body, whether it's the ovary, fallopian tube, sperm count and all of that, is too late for any biological reason to cancel the scriptural reason. A biological reason cannot cancel a scriptural decision. Please understand what I'm saying to you. So, so my, my, own pastor, my challenge is I just don't, I don't know what's going on. I just don't have a job. I can't get an, I just seem to have an opening. Listen carefully to me. It's because you're, rock, you're knocking on the wrong door. So I said, well, pastor, what do you mean by that? I've applied, I've gone for interviews. I said, you are knocking on the wrong door. John chapter 10, verse 7. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. Everybody that runs an organization, they have their own door. Listen carefully to this. They have a door through which people can come in and be employed and stay there. Listen very carefully. But there is no organization on earth that Jesus Christ doesn't have a door in. Before that organization was set up, as they were putting the architecture of that organization together, Jesus Christ made sure that he put his own door there. So by the time other people are coming through this door, Jesus said, I have a candidate. You come in through my door. John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus said, I am the door. As long as you are a sheep, listen very carefully to me. There is a door through which Jesus will bring you in. And I'm praying for somebody under the thought of my voice today. In the name of he that has the key of David and opens and nobody can shut. That door that seems to have been locked against you over time. Today, according to the authority of scripture, I command that door to be opened in Jesus' mighty name. I command the door to be opened in Jesus' mighty name. The door is open right now. I said the door is open right now. I said the door is open right now. Come on, if you believe that, open your mouth. Give him a shout of praise. It's open. It's open. It's open. Jesus is the door. Please take a seat. God bless you. It's the door. When I came out of university, I was studying pharmacy. And I went for an interview. I was going to do my internship. That's the first job you get to do my internship. I'd always wanted to work in the industry. I just liked the whole idea. I wanted to work in the, uh, in the multinational company. So there was this company. There's this company called Glaxo Smith Klein. Because at that time, Glaxo and Smith Klein had not merged. It was just called Smith Klein Beecham at that time. Okay. So I was everybody coming out of university, you want to apply to Pfizer, May and Baker, Cyber Gigi, all of these companies. So I had applied to all of them. Then I got an interview in Smith Klein Beecham. I was so excited. I went for the interview, I got to the interview. You know, there were many of us, there were just about three spots, but quite a few of us. But I got into the interview. The interview was going on well. One man, young man, and HR, you know, everything was going on well. Then, you know, towards the end of the interview, you know, they asked you all manners of 
They were not asking technical questions, they were just asking general questions. Then towards the end of the interview, as the interview was about to be, the man asked me, do you have any questions for us? I said, mm, no. I said, I'm good. Then the man asked me, look at me, he said, Akishiku, right? That's your name. I said, yeah. He said, um, do you know one um, Mr. Folabi Akishiku? Ah. <laughs> now, Folabi Akishiku, Mr. Folabi Akishiku is late now. He was still in my house that Sunday, the Sunday before that interview, eating, eating pounded yam. <laughs> it's my uncle, my dad's senior brother. So I said, I said, very, very well. <laughs> very well. As a matter of fact, it's my dad's brother, and we are very close. <laughs> so he said, well, wow. He said, I went to school with his first son. Ah, I said, very close, very, <laughs> like I said, very, very close. So that's where he left it. Of course, when I got home, my dad asked me, I was in the way. I said, I got the job already. My dad said, ah, they've already given me the letter. I said, no, more than the letter. I said, so this is what you are going to do now, not me, you. <laughs> I said to him, I said, incidentally, the man that will make the decision went to school with the first son of your brother. I said, and I told the man that your brother was still in the house, which truly actually was this last Sunday eating panda, yeah? I said, so what I would want you to do, you drive to your brother's house now, <laughs> go and tell him that this is your son, this and so and so. Of course, my dad went there. And it wasn't too far from our house. It was just about 20 minutes drive or so. My dad went there, told him, oh, he said, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him, yeah, the, when Sam and this, they used to play together and all of that. That's it. So I wasn't surprised when they sent me my letter. All of some of my friends that went for the same interview, they were wondering, ah, so quickly, wow, you got into that place? I said, well, you know, you got to study a lot for this interview, you know. <laughs> you know, very important. Be diligent, be focused. If you apply yourself, you study, everything will work out for you. Everything will work out for you. Everything will work out for you. You know. Friends, you have to understand also, more than that, Jesus that owns the bread of people you call decision makers is also there. Every decision that is about to be made concerning you now, by human authorities or by institutions, it will work in your favor. It will work in your favor in the name of Jesus Christ. It will work in your favor. In the name of he that has the heart of kings in his hand and like the rivers of water, he turns it away. He wills. The decision makers in the natural, representing institutions or as individuals, the decision they will make, it will work in your favor. In the name of Jesus Christ. So shall it be. Somebody shout, it will work in my favor. Oh, say it again, it will work in my favor. Shout it out one more time, it will work in my favor. To work in your favor. What is destiny? I think this is, we can all we just have to do today is define destiny because we've almost run out of time. Destiny is a clear plan, as written in his book concerning you. So this is the third definition. It is a clear plan, as written in his book concerning you. Hebrews chapter ten, verse five to seven. Now. Just as we've done in the first two definitions, we're going to look at the word that is emphasized on the screen, which is the word written. 
and I want everybody here also, please pay attention to this. God's clear plan as written in his book. So let me show you the scripture first and foremost. Therefore, when he came into this world, and remember, as he came into this world, he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you, or so I send you. Twice he repeats that in the book of John, 17, 18, 20, 21. John, as the Father sent me, so I send you. So as he came into this world, then he said, you know, you prepared a body for me. Then he says, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have no pleasure. Uh, I think I've, I've lost one of the verses there. Verse 7, you put it on the screen for me. Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Now, listen carefully. In the volume of the book, the word volume there is talking about scroll, in the scroll of the book. Now, you know a scroll is, is um, rolled, right? Whatever you have achieved to date, whatever you have seen today, is what has just been unveiled, what has just been unwrapped. The scroll is still very long. They're still, they're still unwrapping it, still unrolling the scroll. Okay? That's why in our own days now we use the word volume, but originally it's the word scroll. So you are, some of us are still in the first preface of, of volume one. We're not even yet in chapter one, and you're already celebrating. That's why God told Joshua, he said there's still so much land to conquer, though you are very, now you're advanced in age. Some of you are, you don't allow the applause and the celebration of people to make you feel you have reached the end. Nobody knows your destiny except God and you. You can find that also from the Holy Spirit. The scroll is still being opened, still being opened. There's still another chapter entirely. Many, many more chapters to be written. Now listen to this. Now. But what I really like in this, in this, in the verse 7 there, is when he says, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Now, that word written there, let me tell you one of the things it means. It actually originally means it stands written. Someone said, what is the importance of that? Okay, good. The importance of it is that no matter what has happened to you, it still stands written. Someone said, but I missed it along the line somewhere. Well, you understand that it stands written. It wasn't written to be erased. It stands written. Actually, the word written there, it means to, is the word that you use when an artist carves something into a stone. An artisan carves something into a stone. So it's not, they tell me when I was young that, well, you know, the white man that designed the pencil also designed the eraser. No, it was not written in pencil. <laughs> it has been grafted in, it was chiseled into stone. And it still stands written. The God that said you will be great, remember, no matter what's happening right now, it still stands. The one that says you will be fruitful, no matter what's happening right now, it still stands. The one that says you will prosper right now, it still stands. The one that says you will be the head and not the tail, it still stands. The one that says you have a wonderful future with a happy ending, it still stands. It stands written. It stands written. No matter what's happening in my body, what's happening in your body, I might be feeling some symptoms, that's right. It's true they saw some things on the scan, but it stands written. None of the inhabitants of Zion shall say I'm sick. It stands written. Yes, I might be feeling some weakness in my body, but let the weak say, I'm strong. I'm saying I'm strong, not because of what I'm seeing on the scan. I'm saying I'm strong because it stands. 
it stands written. And it's not written of us, it's written of me. In other words, you must personalize what has been written to us. It's written of me. So then, but this is the way the Holy Spirit comes in. And I still have a lot more on this slide, but we'll have to close. In Isaiah 29, verse 11, the Bible says the whole vision, this whole thing, it has become to some people like the book, words of a book that is sealed. Which men deliver to one who has a PhD. It's literate. But the man says, I'm sorry, I can't read it. Why? It's sealed. That's the challenge. Everything I've said right now is sealed. That's why you can pick your Bible. You are a graduate of English grammar. English, studied English literature, grammar, you understand everything. You have, you have majored on the morphology of words. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and you pick the Bible, you read and read and read and read and read. You can be a professor of the New Testament with special emphasis on the book of John. The Johann epistles, that's your area. And not be born again. Because it's sealed. It's sealed. It's sealed. What is sealed will only take the one that sealed it to open it. He has to open it. And right now, we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. It will take the Holy Spirit to open it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. I have not seen, ye have not heard, neither has he entered into the heart. What God has prepared pastors for those who love him. But verse 10 is the good news. But they are revealed to us by his spirit. For his spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you and I. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit does concerning our destiny. Revealing it to us. Revealing it to us. That's why when we go on this journey that has been spoken of, before I started preaching, on waiting on God and seeking God, that's one of the things. He reveals it to us. To tell us this is what I have for you. Because the book is sealed. No matter how many English dictionaries you take, Webster Dictionary, you take all manners of dictionary, you sit down with the Bible. If the Holy Spirit is not present, you can't, you will, you will understand it grammatically. You can even quote it. You might be able to understand, you understand generally. You can look at it literally and do an exam on it and get 100%. But the spirit behind the letters, you can't get in touch. Because it, will not, it has to be unveiled to you. It will take the Holy Spirit to do that. Now, like I said, I have many more stuff on this slide. But let me just talk about these things. Here, those are, you can just have it down. But I won't unpack them today. We'll probably continue next week. The role of the Holy Spirit in our destiny. So this is the role of the Holy Spirit in our destiny. Let's look at four quick things there. And we'll unpack them next week. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is that it reveals the plan to us. And this is where some of us, many of us are in the body of Christ. The plan is yet to be revealed to us. So we are experimenting with our lives. In experimental biology, they will call it guinea pig. 
You are, you are, we are experimenting with our lives. We're not living our lives with precision. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is to reveal. Remember, it is his plan that has been concluded. He reveals it. The second thing the Holy Spirit does is to now prepare you and I for the plan. There's a difference between the fact that he has qualified us for it and that we're not prepared for it. Everybody that wants to go, depending on the level of the event, if you want to go for, now we, this particular church right now, for those that are watching at home, we are, or from different parts of the world, we are in a city called Mississauga. This city is about 25 minutes west of Toronto. So you can position it geographically. If you want to go for an athletic meet, an athletic meet in a competition in the city of Mississauga, which is a city of about 800,000 people, something like that, between 800,000 and a million people, there's a level of preparation you will have to make. If you want to go for uh, the, the, the competition in the Americas, North, South, Central America, there's a level of preparation you have to make. If you want to go for the Olympics, it's a different ball, ball, ball game entirely. I have a pastor friend. At one time, his wife was concerned. His wife was concerned. This is my pastor friend now. His wife was concerned that he needed to lose a bit of weight. So after one or two robust conversations, he decided to do something about it. So he got himself a personal trainer. Fortunately, or unfortunately, the personal trainer happens to have been some, somebody that trains Olympic athletes. <laughs> so he, he bought some gym equipment and brought them to his house. <laughs> so the first day the guy came, he had a kind of sprite in his hand. I was looking at him and said, ah, you're very much welcome. So the man said, put that one down. Put it down. And you won't need that anymore. You won't need to take that for a long time. So the guy said, drop down. He dropped down. You know, and this guy was not looking fit. <laughs> so the guy, he started doing push-up. Maybe one or two had to collapse. So by the time the guy has worked with him for about a week or two, one day the guy told him, drop down. Give me 10. He did one. He just stood up. He said to the guy, he said, listen to me. I'm the one that... <laughs> He said, listen to me. I'm the one that um, brought you here and told you. And I don't know if you remember, this is also my house. I did not say I want to go to the Olympics. <laughs> All I said is just that. I just want to look a little bit more tree. Don't give me the Olympics world, you know? So depending on what, what your destiny is, is what determines the depth of preparation God will give you. Listen. Joseph is the son of Jacob. Benjamin is also the son of Jacob from the same mother called Rachel. Correct? But the preparation that was given to Joseph, Benjamin didn't have it. Zebulun didn't have it. Issachar didn't have it. This other guy called Asher, he didn't have it. What else do you know about Asher in the whole Bible? Or the tribe of Asher? Except that when people were going to war, they had great 
create meditations in their heart, deliberations, thinking, should we go, should we not go? Joseph, when the father was going to bless him, in Genesis 49, when the father of Joseph was going to bless him, listen to what he said. If you can pull out the exact verses for me, please, when they were blessing Joseph, I want to just say something there and we'll close on that. Thank you very much. Genesis 49, 22. Listen to what the father said. Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a well. His branches run over the wall. Stop there. Don't, go, don't move forward. Just stop there. His branches run over the wall means his destiny will not be local. That's one of the things it means. It will not be local. Now, if your destiny will not be local, you will have global destiny. Now, watch now. Watch what will happen now. Keep going. It says, the archers, they bitterly grieved him. They shot at him. They hated him. See what all the preparation God had to give him. So some of you are out there now, you're saying to yourself, I just don't know why people don't like me. I just don't know what I did. I'm going through all these challenges. Welcome to the university called preparation. You're being prepared. If you're going to have a global destiny, you will have all of this. There will be conspiracies against you. There will be people that will put lies together, believe in the lies against you. There will be people that will perpetuate wickedness against you. The archers will shoot at you. All of this, listen very carefully. The reason why you should understand why it's easy to forgive is because all those things that happened against you is not because of you. Don't take it personal. The goal of the enemy is not you. Don't overestimate yourself. <laughs> the goal of the enemy is the plan of God in you. That's what the enemy wants to stop. But he can't stop that plan until he stops you. So he's attacking you and using people that are some of them are completely ignorant. Some of them are not ignorant. We know that. But some of them are completely ignorant. And the, God, the enemy is using them to try and stop that plan in you. So the reason why you will know that then later on you can now say, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. But usually that's where we stop. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. But put it on the screen. We're going to come back to Joseph in a minute. But look at the continuation of it. Genesis 50, 20. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Why? In order to bring it about as it is, they to save many people. So it wasn't about Joseph. It was about the saving of the many people that Satan wants to stop. So when they threw Joseph into a pit, everybody going by that pit saw one man. Satan saw the entire world will not be will die of famine. If Joseph could have been killed in that pit, famine would kill the whole world. So when they were dealing with a teenager called Joseph, some people were, people would go back and say, ah, just one man, there's no king, now. just one man, just bury him. But God was saying, no, if you bury him, the world will die of famine. Satan was rejoicing over that one man. You have to understand the principle of representation. Joseph was representing a generation. That's why God said, no, we have to pull him out. Sent the Midianites, they pulled him out, he jumped on the horse, he went to Potiphar's house, getting closer to the palace. Are you still with me now? The archers show, the challenges you're going through in your family, among your friends, and all of that. This has happened to you, not because of you. Don't take it personal. It's because of what is in you. Friends, I'm standing here today as a testimony of the fact that no matter what the enemy throws at you, you will still be standing. 
The enemy has thrown so much. Right from when I was born. Right from when I was before, before I was born. Challenges. Different challenges. When I was born, my dad would tell me stories. Till this moment, he's telling me all some of the stories to remind me. Stories of the different challenges I was born. When I was born, the place, the, the, the household, complexity, the household. You know, my dad, his family, his own dad has had five wives, five wives or so, officially, 17, <laughs> 17 children that we know of. Was a powerful, very, very rich, very wealthy cocoa merchant selling cocoa, cash crops. So when I was born, and in the culture of the day, when you're born, my dad is like number, I don't know, 14 or number 13, something like that, 12, among all the children. So very, very young. My dad's mom and my grandfather's first child, they're about the same age. Because my dad's mom is one of the last, I think it's his last wife. Are you following? So then when I was born, I mean, my dad has no say. My mom, forget that. That's the culture of the day. What can my dad say? When there are other heavyweights in the, in the place. And those heavyweights were actually really heavy. These were people that have traveled. People that have explored stratospheres. Someone said, oh my God, Pastor, I didn't know you were born in the family of astronauts. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're right. They were astronauts. They were astronauts. They work for NASA. <laughs> they just don't go to space during the day. They go at night. These are people that I've explored. So my dad would tell me that when I was born, my grandfather, who was also not an easy man, first when they took me and put me in his hand and walked around the whole, it's a massive property he has, compound. Walked around the whole compound and told them, this one, this one. You know, and those people were, they could see. Uh, this one, this one is going to take my name all over the world. So, so this one, everybody be careful, this one. Be careful, this one, be careful. He had to make that announcement to them. That this one, be careful. You know, you know we know each other. <laughs> be careful. Huh? But even with that, some months after I was born, my dad told me, I just had this cough that will never go away. I will cough, almost like I will want to cough out my lungs. Cough, 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 cough. Then one day my grandfather came back. And they taking me to the hospital and all of that, they couldn't solve the issue. My grandfather came back, he just took me in his hand and took the walk again and said, remember when he was born? I told all of you guys that be careful about this one. It's coughing now, and I'm telling you, be careful about this one. <laughs> when that's about that, he had come back, walked around the different houses in the compound and came back to his living room, which is a massive living room, and sat down. The cough had stopped. Somebody said, what was the name of the cough syrup? I don't know. <laughs> Right from that. But it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with what the plan of God on the inside. Please don't take this thing personal. Don't take it personal so you can forgive people easily. And anyway, God makes all things to work together for our good. Yes, yes, yes. 
So let's finish it up with the blessing upon Joseph. So the archers have wounded him. Genesis 49, 23. Have you been blessed today at all? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, let's wrap this up now. Let's do it. We still have a lot more, but we'll continue next week. Put it on the screen for me, please. Genesis 49. Uh, uh, yes, thank you. The archers have bitterly wounded him, shot at him, and hated him. Keep, keep going quickly. He said, but his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong. Why? How? By the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Keep going then. For there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Keep going. By the God of your father, who will help you, and by the Almighty, who will bless you, with the blessings of heaven above, the blessings of the deep that lies beneath, Canada will cooperate with your destiny. This nation will cooperate with your destiny. Those of you watching at home, wherever you are, the nation where you are will cooperate with your destiny. Listen very carefully. Jacob pronounced the longest blessing on Joseph. When Moses came, years later, when Moses came and was pronouncing blessing upon them again in Exodus 33, the same thing, he pronounced the longest blessing again upon Joseph. Friends, the bigger the plan of God for your life, the brighter your star will shine. You have to understand. The more ferocious the attacks will be. So if you're going through something right now, take heart. Don't be discouraged. Don't say, I don't know. Why me? That's the wrong question. The right question is what now? Holy Spirit, what now? What is the next step I should take? The steps of a good man are ordered by you. What is the next thing I should do? Stop asking, why me? You know, jokingly, I always say to people, when people come to the office and say, I don't know why I'm going through this, I don't know why me. I say, is it me? You want me to go through this? <laughs> you know, but you know, seriously speaking, the question is not why me? The question is what? What now? What now? Spirit of the living God, the plan is in your hand and it still remains, it still stands written. What now? Then you, if you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues, listen to what is in your heart. It might not come in one day, it might not come in two days. You might have done this for about three days, one week, it might be two weeks. Suddenly one day when you're not even praying, you might be in the washroom and suddenly ideas just started coming to you. That is the answer to the prayer you prayed. What now? Leave those hands right now. Spirit of God, what now? Reveal the plan to me. What's the next phase? What's the next thing to do? The plan still stands written. This is finished. This is the finished work. It stands written. Come on, somebody pray, 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 pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost if you can pray. What now? Spirit of God, what now? Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not entered into the heart of man. What you have prepared, Spirit of God, the clear plan in the mind of God before I was born. Spirit of God, the finished work of God that has been set apart for me to do. The assignment your God you have designed for me. The appointment you gave me. What has been written in your scroll concerning my destiny. Oh, what now? What is the next phase of my destiny? Somebody pray. Pray. Only you can reveal it to me, Holy Spirit. 
Nobody else knows the plan. The devil doesn't know the plan. My parents don't know the plan. My teachers don't know the plan. My advisors don't know the plan. People around me don't know the plan. My wife doesn't know the plan. My husband doesn't know the plan. My children don't know the plan. But only you, Holy Spirit, knows the plan. Reveal it to me, O oh God. For they are revealed to us by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I cannot afford to be confused. I don't want to live my life as an experiment. I want to live my life with precision. I want to live my life with accuracy of judgment. Oh, Thank you for this plan you have for me. It's a plan of good, not of evil, to bring me to the expected end. I know that I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. I know it. I know it. Psalm 37 verse 37. I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. Yes, Lord, I do. I know I have it. So I'm asking you today. I am asking you today. Reveal this plan to me, O oh God. Irrespective of where I am today, irrespective of what I'm doing today, Spirit of the living God, your word says, the steps of a righteous man are all died by God. Though he fall, he will arise. Oh, you will uphold me. So I can boldly say, do not rejoice over me, my enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, light. Light will come to me. Light will break forth from me. I'm asking you today, enlighten my darkness. Enlighten my darkness. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. Spirit of the living God, enlighten my darkness. Open up my eyes that to see. Open up my eyes of understanding. Help me to know the plan. You that you said to Barnabas and Saul, separate them to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I've called them. Father, I pray today. Open my eyes. Let me know. What is the plan? What is the next phase of the plan? What is the next step I should take? What is the next step I should take? What is the next step I must take? Open my eyes. Let me know. You said in your word, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. You promised me in Psalm 32 verse 8, I will teach you and instruct you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my heart. You promised me in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21, you shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Oh, speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. You are my shepherd. Speak to me, Lord. You are the good shepherd and you are my shepherd. Speak to me, Lord. I know you are faithful. You are the light of the world. He that follows you will not walk in darkness. Oh, Jesus, I'm a follower of yours. Speak to me, Lord. Don't let me walk in darkness. I can't afford to walk in darkness. Pray. One more minute. Take it seriously. Pray. 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 Shagi 
30 seconds more. Somebody pray. Reklato nago mashataya. Iramato ganana satalayagada. Ibran tomade. Jesus said, My house shall be called the house of prayer. You ought to pray today. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Marika tomadele mosiadaya. Remember, you have not because you ask not. Saliata. Oh Lord, show me. Show me. Rekete Maba. Malia Doba second telelebo shadaya. Riaba katualabaya. Mazen telelebo siataya. Oh, thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. We give you the worship. Reveal the plan, Lord. Reveal the plan. In Jesus' mighty name. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.